you got to be willing to work. And I know I keep saying it, man, let's not work hard. We're going to work smart. And I'm like, why can't we just do both? <laughs> right? As a Maybe people, either or. How about as a people, two? we too far behind to pick. How to beat the track. Hey, peace family, it's Jay Morrison. And you know what time it is. It is time for how to beat the trap. That's right. Welcome to the trap. I'm here with my brother, man, the king of Atlanta, real estate, <laughs> Mr. Ramon Tooks, Mr. Flipology himself, King Peace, and welcome to the trap. Man. Thank, you, thank you for having You're me. You're familiar man. with the trap. You familiar? It, it's, it's, I may be a little bit, a little, little bit. It's been, bit. It's been a long time ago. A long time ago. All right. Old days. Old days. All right. So King Ramon is the founder of Flipology, um, real estate developer, investor, private lender, um, family man, one of the most amazing dads that I, I've seen. Uh, an example of, of black fatherhood that I've literally seen in my real life. I commend you for that probably more well, than I appreciate anything. it, man. I appreciate that, it. That, that's man. hard work. Hard work. Yeah. What a great ROI. Yes, it is. The best. There's it, nothing that can beat that return. The best ROI. Yeah. So King Ramon, here in the trap, right, uh, we break down trap as defined as a program or system that is designed to entice or entangle you, but secretly for the benefit of another. Mm. And so we bring on overachievers, uh, hustlers, entrepreneurs that have beat some of America's most infamous traps, like the corner trap, yes, the college trap, yes, the corporate trap, got em. or even the uh, got em, <laughs> or the culture trap, getting sucked wow. into the culture that we we often get sucked into. And um, I know you personally have been able to beat many of those traps, and you preach it, you teach it, you live it. And so what we do instead of just bombarding the trap. We're going to um, reverse engineer a little bit out of that thing, and we're going to start first with who Ramon Tooks is today. I want you to just, this is your time to shine, talk your talk. I know you're very humble, so I'm going to be poking you because I need you to talk your talk, what you've done in life, what you've done today, what you're doing today, what your mission is. Um, let everyone know who Ramon Tooks is. Um, yeah, talk well, your talk. Well, well listen, man, I, I want to say I've never heard anybody talk about the trap the way you just did that in about 60 seconds. So... Uh, it makes you want to break the trap, to get right. out of the trap. If you're in the real trap, we want you out the trap. Facts. And it's a bunch of traps out here. So uh, like you said, man, Ramon Tooks, this is year 27 for me being in this business. Mm. Um, I was OG. Born, born and raised right here in Atlanta. And, you know, I, <laughs> I started at 19. And like I said, this is year 27. And I've had all the ups and downs. I've had the, man, do I step foot into a different lifestyle? You know, the I'm going to chase the women lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother trap. That's, That's the part of the culture. Trap. That's the culture. Uh, I've never been trapped into the corporate lifestyle because I've always been corporate because we were trained as kids to be on our own, to be entrepreneurs. So mm. that part I didn't get involved in, but everything else I did, man. So over the past 27 years, you know, fixing and flipping, developing, wholesaling, buying, holding, you know, losing it all at 20, at 32 years old back in 2008, uh, including my family with divorce. So, you know, it's a lot of things that you have to overcome. But one thing I do know, if we love what we say we really love, which is the community and our families, we don't have a choice but to beat it. So it ain't really beating it. It's just keep going. Right. Just keep fact. going, man. That's yeah. fact. So we're going to get, I want to get into that whole story. Um, you know, what are you doing current day right now? Who are you to the world? Or what, what, what are you doing? What are, what are your companies doing? You know what? and um, educating and hopefully inspiring, uh, one. So we do have a brand called Flipology, which is the science of flipping real estate. Mm. And uh, we started that about seven years ago. Science of flipping real estate. It's got to be a science to it, man. And so we're still educating. Um, we took one of your pages out of your book, man, a couple years ago, and, you know, we hit the, we went on tour. Mm -hmm. And it's a different animal, man. That first time we did, I was like, man, Jay did it, man. Jay out there pumping, like, let's go. And that's inspiring a lot of us, you know what I mean? Appreciate so. We did 2018, we did 27 cities in 24 weeks. And then wow. we were kind of tired in, in 2019. In 2020, it was COVID. Mm -hmm. And this year, uh, we decided to do it. So we're doing about 10 cities. Um, and the feel I get when we go into different cities inspires me to come back and do more. Yep. And so what it's we're addictive. doing, we're partnering with folks in those cities to make sure that the people in the city have the resources and the people right there in the city. I don't need them to say, well, I need to talk to Ramon. I need them to say, you know what? I got a developer here. I got a lender here. I got an agent that can talk about home ownership. So that's kind of where we've been this year. 
uh, just continue to educate. And then, you know, my day job is I'm a developer. So small multifamilies, we do a lot of fix and flips. Uh, we got a project right up in, you know, in East Point that we're doing about 20 townhouses. So nice. I just want to continue to do that and grow. You know, right. uh, that's something that I love to touch real estate. Uh, I'm not the person that says I want to, you know, do 20 different things unless it's in real estate. I right. love real estate. Yeah, my man, my, my brother's been very, very consistent in, yeah. in the business. Um, mm -hmm. Super consistent since I met you. I remember coming, meeting you in... Uh, I have been 24, 15, 16, I think. I think maybe it was 15. 15. Yeah, it might yeah, have been 15. Into 14, 15, yeah. and we were on the West End. And you're like, listen, the belt line is coming here. Yeah. All this real you, 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 you predicted it all. You yeah. told it all. And we watched it happen in real life over the last several years. Everything you said yeah. came true. Past five years, past five, six years, man. We've never, like I've been at it 27 years, and I've never seen this. I thought prior to 2008 was golden, but what's happened over the past five years, it's been an explosion like no other past four or five years and I don't know when it's going to stop but I don't know when we'll see it again right <laughs> so we got to take advantage of it right now no matter where you are you can take advantage of where we are in this market absolutely all right so I got man I was proud of my little 20 years in the business but my oh brother, man we're I, proud of it too we're yeah. ready to celebrate <laughs> <laughs> but 27 years man, that's amazing nearly three decades in the business I know you, you've learned through different markets different trends um, so you got flipology, educating, teaching the masses, been doing that consistently, still developing, all things entrenched yes. uh, in real estate. Tell us about uh, fatherhood, man, and, and parenthood, and, you know, which, which I think is an amazing accomplishment of yours well. As you well. know what? I have five children, uh, six, 14, 18, 20, and 25. And to watch them grow, um, to be a part of anything that I can be a part of, man, is probably the biggest accomplishment that I'll ever have. Mm. Um, you know, when I see my son, the 25-year-old who is like one of the greatest kids ever, you know, he's been on movie sets for the past six, seven years from Tyler Perry down to The Walking Dead. And I got, you know, the oldest girls up at Howard and the youngest ones just started family. So just to, you know what I mean, the 14-year-old just started high school, you know, so it's, it's um, man, I, I can't, you can't even, I can't explain it, just the feel that I get when I think about them, you know what I mean? Like missing them or when they're not around. And so fatherhood is something that I take, I tell people very seriously. Um, Cause that's our only real shot at making that impact. Right. Like when you're a father, you gotta do your job. Mm. And our job is to protect. Trap bars. Protect and provide. Like anything outside of it is a bonus. We gotta protect at all costs and provide at all costs. And when you're not doing that, if it means we gotta scoop cat poop for a living or elephant poop or whatever it is, or Whatever it is, as long as we're not hurting somebody, we got to provide for them because that's that's what we're here for. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I, you know, that's the thing that I probably take most serious is fatherhood. Right, and, and, and why? I want to ask you that. Why does that mean so much to you? You know, <laughs> you know, I just feel like it's our job, and I had a great father. You know, in spite of all the things that we've been through, uh, and then the kids don't ask to be here. Mm. So you know, and we then, put them here. We put them here. <laughs> Whatever, literally, I, yeah, we put him here. <laughs> but but I, you know, you know, when you think about our father, right? How he protects us and forgives us and provides for us. That's mm. like the the example, the perfect example. So of course we can't be as perfect as him, but we can definitely give it a go. Mm. And, and anything other than doing that, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I have my my feelings about that. I tell people, man, like if you're not being a good father. Um, we really can't be friends. Like, we really can't be. Like, it's no excuse. I don't care. I hear all the excuses. Man, she didn't. Nah, bro. We just got to go. If they take them and run to Alaska, I'm going to take and go and find me an igloo to rent to. Like, we're going to, I'm going to find, we're going we gonna to take care of our kids. And so that's the main thing, man, you provide for your family and then especially your kids, man. Yeah, I think outside of uh, real estate and business, probably one of the biggest places we align. I'm, a, I'm an yeah. advocate of that, like yeah. out-of-state dad, all of that. Like, Whatever it is. I ain't disappearing. I ain't going nowhere. Like, nah, like yeah. Yeah. all y'all stuff with me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, for the first time, my, my girls, it's the first time ever I haven't seen them, like touch them in two months, mm. right? And it's been tough, too, because we've been running <laughs> And they get busy on you too. When they get older, they oh, start, man. they forget to pick the phone up. They forget to do all of that. So, you know, I call every morning like, hey, you know. So the youngest one who just went to FAMU, she's notorious for not answering the phones. So it's been like Saturday, I was going to run down there to FAMU. And I was like, if I run to FAMU, the other one at Howard going to be like, hey, you went down there. So you right, got to come right. up here. And set I was like, up. <laughs> I'm going to catch y'all at Thanksgiving. But for the first time, and it's a funny feeling, man, for 20 years, 18 and 20 years, I've never been without 
like maybe two weeks a week if they on vacation touching them. Mm. And man, two months I don't have like withdrawals. Like I, I want, I need to talk to my babies. <laughs> so it's a special feel, man. You gotcha. know, and then especially, you know, no knock on the boys, but it's a special feel for the girls. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a girl. I'm a girl dad only, so I ain't even yeah. got. That's all I know. Yeah, it is, man. That's so yeah, that fatherhood is. It's number one for me, man. How are you able to balance, um, you know, being an intentional father with, I mean, you, you're busy in the real estate side and the business side, too, and the education side. How are you able to balance those? It's tough. You know, it's tough because I'm just learning how to um, take care of myself. And, and I, take care of you, all about yeah, to say. It's, it's been, listen, August of 2021, for the very first time in my life, I took a mental break. Mm. And I needed it. I really took August off. I got we got everybody to school, but for forty six years I just been running. Mm. Want to make sure everybody okay, and I wasn't okay. You know, I looked at one and I was like, man, I forgot what happened yesterday. So mm. I was like, I know I'm tired, and then so I said I'm gonna take off. And so really now the self care, as people say, you know, regular massages. Like I got a massage envy account that's probably got 30 massages because it's just sitting there and just right. run, right? Points is nah, running. like I'm going to get up on, I'm going to drop the kids off and I'm going to start going like once a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even like mental therapy, having mental therapy and physical therapy. So really that balance has been off balance because mm -hmm. I really have let everything else dictate who my life has been. But the balance is, man, being as much as I can for them. Right. Like, you know, I have missed many practices. I do my best to plan ahead so I don't miss any events. But, you know, with them, they'll call you and say, oh, I forgot I got a graduation uh, in three hours. <laughs> like, you know, because they feel like we can schedule that time. And I've been really on them about that part of it. But just, man, you just got to do it. You know, it's them first. Um, and I got to start putting me first sometimes, but them first and then everything else because I can dictate my work schedule. So. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the hard balance though. Yeah. And you gotta take care of you because an empty cup can't pour anymore. No, can't pour no more. Yep. Yeah. And without you, like right, like you, it get rough. It yeah. can be rough. Yeah, yeah. But I'm learning how to do that though. That's like I'm good. really learning. Like I'm when I tell you, like last week, man, I was like Sunday, I wanna run. I was like, nah, I'm gonna sit still and watch the football game for the for the right. first time sit in a while. Down. Yeah, you yeah. get you one of them 90 minute uh, or 100, 120 minute massages. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it'll yeah. change your life, man. Get you, you a, get you a 120. It'll change your life. Yeah, yeah. That's one you can snore in. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> I'm known for two 90s back to back. <laughs> oh yeah, you getting a good snore. Yeah, in. I'm known for two 90s back to back. So I'm six three. You gotta get all of this. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, awesome. So 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 you're doing amazing things, leading by example in the community, um, helping thousands of students understand the science of real estate, um, developing yourself. Let's go back down. Let's reverse engineer. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> Let's you go, go back to the beginning. Um, you said you grew up here in Atlanta. Yes. Tell us about that. What was growing up like? What was young What was young Ramon Tooks? What was that upbringing like? You know what, man? I um, We grew up and we look back and people say it was rough, but it really wasn't rough, man, you know, to us. Um, young mom, you know what I mean? I don't want to call her single because my dad has always been there for me. But when I was five years old, both my parents went to prison. Mm. And so, you know, for a few years, we stayed with my grandmother in Kirkwood, which was supposedly rough, but it wasn't rough to us. Right. But we've always, man, God has always put people in our lives that have made it seem so easy. You know, where people, somebody's going to be protecting you and providing for you. And um, who I called my grandmother was the person that we stayed with. And so her house was like grandmother's house. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you go, you're going to eat good. You're going to get yeah. chastised. You're going to get to go outside and play. All the cousins going to be there. So that part of my life wasn't that bad, man. And I can say, you know, it's been times where, you know, we grew up too fast. You know mm. what I mean? My mom, my mom, she was a young mom. So some things kind of we got by by doing it. Um, by the time I got 13, though, man, we was at a point where we, would, we were hitting the streets. You Gosh, I mean? let's rewind a little bit. So your, your, your mom and your father went to prison when you were young. Yeah, they went. Yeah, they went. Um, um, 1980, man. I, and like I, I said, I can remember um, the day that they got my mom. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, and and so she came home a couple years later. Gotcha. He came home a few years later. But again, we were with the person that we called my right. grandmother. Gotcha. And um, what was that? What was the, the charges or the? the it was drug charges. Yep. Drug charges. Drug charges yep. Back in so the 80s. yeah, we just seen a, a article about it, man. And so you know, people have came to us and want to talk about it, but it's been something because of 
our lifestyles and the way we were raised, we just kind of say, you know what, bro, y'all just, stuff, yeah. y'all just leave that alone. <laughs> but it, it was, you know, my, they never encouraged us to do anything other than, you know, be great people, be entrepreneurs. Uh, they gave, sacrificed their lives for us so that we could be who we are now. You know what I mean? Like my dad used to say, you're not getting a job. If you want to start a business, I'll fund it. Mm. You know what I mean? You want to buy and sell cars, I got you. You know what I mean? He forced all, he forced all of us to go to real estate school. Mm. Every one of us. He's How like, many siblings did you have? Uh, so my mom is three of us. My dad is 18 and counting. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, pops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he raised, I mean, he's 30 plus, he raised. And so, you know, I always say, I don't, we don't understand how he did it, but he did it. Mm. And all of us got similar stories where he was there every time we needed him. You know what I mean? And at 13, he did probably what most people wouldn't do. Um, he took me from my mom mm. because that was the summer of 88. That was like crack summer. That was like, man, Atlanta is on fire. Hey, Peace Family Real Estate Pioneer Jay Morrison coming to you live from the Black House. Uh, why haven't you got your first of its kind video textbook, excuse me, interactive video textbook experience, the 12-step real estate crash course. This book will make you a real estate power player in real life with over six and a half hours of video lessons with 290 pages of real workbook experiences, tests, quizzes, assessments that give you the skill set, mindset, and formulas needed to dominate in real estate and be a power player in any part of the industry in real life. Homeowner, realtor, wholesale, landlord, flipper, developer, don't matter. You need this book. Your family needs this book. Go tap in the link right now for your for your interactive first of its kind video textbook experience in real life tap in 12stepvideotextbook.com you know what i mean and he took me to my stepmom's house uh and she was you know she raised helped raise me from 13 to when i finished college and so he understood that he was gonna have something different to deal with but he was willing to take that sacrifice Mm. so that i was in a better environment because um, not that my mom was a bad mom, she was just young, you know what I mean? And she was going to be somebody that's going to go get her some money. And so, so I, us too. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, he wanted to be a traditional house as much as possible. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And so that really, I could say that probably saved me from, you know, years in prison because I got older siblings that, you know, you couldn't, sl- you couldn't slow them down mm-hmm. because of the ages. They were 18, 19. It was, it was out here. It's, it's a wrap. You know right. what I mean? But, uh, you know, everybody's fine now. You know gotcha, what I mean? Gotcha. So, so, so 13, you hit the streets, Pops came in. And, and let's go. Came and got you. Let's go, yeah. Um, did you, were you able to pull away from the streets at, at, at that time? Oh, yeah. So because he was so powerful, it was what he said. Mm. It wasn't like any, <laughs> it wasn't fighting back. You, know, like, <laughs> you coming over here. And that's what happened. Even with my siblings, older brothers, you know, uh, we laughed because I called myself like at 16, like, man, I'm leaving. I ain't, and you know, I left. And I went to hang out with them. And they were, you know, at that time, 91, 1991, they were those dudes. And we were sitting at Houston's uh, on Linux. And, you know, we had the big cell phone with the big antennas. And uh, it was my brother, my cousin, and the crew. And the phone started ringing, and my cousin was like, oh, Lord. And I was like, what's wrong with him? And then my brother looked. And then the pages started going off, you know what I mean? And they was like, hey, we got to take you home. And I was like, what you mean, man? No, man, I don't want to go home. They was like, like, no, he calling. He said, bring you home. And literally, bro, they dropped me off at the edge of the driveway. I'm like, man, get out. (laughs) And I was like, man, y'all supposed to be tough. But he was very forceful about protecting us, even them. But it was at a point where they were a lot older, so he couldn't right. make them do that. But it, but everything else, man, I can say from 13 to, you know, I got grown, um, he protected and provided, and he wow. made sure we had what we needed. That, that explains a lot about who you are today it does. to, to, it does. to, to it your, does, man. your family. And even, you know, the people that helped raise us, my grandparents, my grandfather um, was a hardworking man, same thing, mm. same thing, kind of. He ain't going for it. You know what it is. You're going to work. You're going to go fishing. You're going to go hunting. He was a man, like a real man's yeah, man. Yeah, I he was like, yeah, oh, yeah. man, he was the man's man. I aspired to be that man my whole life. Yeah, like, I'm going to leave that alone. I don't have no, I don't want to go fishing. I don't want to <laughs> hunt. <laughs> but no, just the presence of, yo, you know when grandpa come in? Man. But when dad come in, like that, that's that presence yeah. of like. It's when, a different feel. Like, like it's, it's law. That's yeah. a real patriarch. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it is, it was, you know what I mean? So that, that, you know, I tell people I've never 
seen a, a, a weak man. Mm. You know, in the definition that I'm going to call it, right? When I say that, they've always been there. Like, no, I had no fear. That was one of the issues they said. You had no fear as a kid. No, because I thought everybody could protect me. So mm. I'm cool. I'm going to jump out <laughs> in front. I'm going to jump out the building. I'm going to ride motorcycles. I'm going to do everything that little boys are supposed to do because they always felt like you had the village of the men, you had the men in your mm. life. So, I mean, that's that's where we get a lot of it from. Imagine the whole black community having just <sighs> men like that. Man. Imagine that being the man standard in the black culture. Yeah. And you know what, though? You know what, Jay? It, it really is, for the most part. You know, they will show the bad examples more than they will mm. show the good examples. That's true. And I know a lot of great men that... You don't see it because they're not going to show it. Nobody's going to show that. You're not going to see it on social media because right. it, it's not sexy. Right. You know what I mean? You never see people like with videos saying, oh, my God, like this is because that's really our job. So really, we shouldn't be flashing it. But yeah. I don't want you to flash the bad dude. <laughs> Leave him out there. You know, right. he messed up the average. But right. it's really not bad dudes. It's just bad decisions, man, you know, mm. for the most part. So Absolutely. All right. So going through high school. Right, you live with your mom, oh, your stepmom, and your dad. You graduated high school. Yep, graduated high school. Graduated high school on my 18th birthday. Um, he again, my father encouraged us, man, to start businesses. So a week later, I started college, and you know, I had that thing in me still, right? But I started college because 92, 93 was the result of the 1988 crack epidemic, right? They were locking everybody up. So I didn't really have no friends. Like my brothers, my cousins, everybody going to prison. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and go at Georgia State. So June 17th, 1993, I started Georgia State and went through, got my undergrad in criminal justice. I wanted to be the next Johnny Cochran. I saw wow. my brothers and cousins giving out like 50,000 retainers to the man with the ponytail. And you saw Johnny Cochran, you know what I mean? So right. those were the years where I really wanted to be an attorney. So went there, uh, was had my real estate, got my real estate license. Uh, what was it, 90... Five, yeah, 95, got my real estate license. So, you know, I started kind of being in that world. What and made you aspire to get the license? My dad made us. Mm. Yeah, he made, like, you, everybody going. <laughs> like, you're going to get your license, whether or not you use it or not. A lot of us didn't finish it, but I just pushed through because I really, that was my hero, too. Mm. You know what I mean? Just like a great man, strong man, you know, and he had money. You know, you seen him with money. He had the cars. He had, you know, and so it was, I didn't know who else to look up to. I didn't have, it wasn't like the guy on TV. It was him. He was right there. Um, so, you know, went through, had my license uh, while I was in college and started doing bird dogging. We call it, it's a glorified, it was a less <laughs> sexy way of saying wholesaling. Right. You know what I mean? And so started- Referral fees. And referral all fees. That's all we got. $500. We, we $500 people to death. 500 right. to 1000 And then we started buying holding. Wasn't any flipping. Um, it wasn't sexy. I mean, you, we saw carton sheets on TV. We saw, uh, if y'all are old enough, uh, different strokes. You know, he was a developer. You know, you remember that? Oh, wow. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, yeah you remember? Mr. Drummond was a, was a developer, man. Guy. He was a yeah. big developer, yeah. So we used to laugh and say that was us. Like, me and my brother used to say, that's us, man. We had to leave over there, and you know, when they went to prison and go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just really was excited about real estate. Got bit by that bug early. Mm. And so during college, man, um, 1920, um, I knew I wanted to go to law school because I really did want to be an attorney. So, you know, fast forward, I was still doing real estate. Uh, didn't get it accepted into Georgia State's law school, but got accepted into Emory. And so I ended up going to Emory Law School and wow, finishing in 2003. So, but I never used it. By the time 2003... So you hit, finished law school? Yeah, I finished law school, 2003. Wow. But I never used it. By the time 2003 hit, man, we was making so much money in real estate. There's no way you was going to tell me I'm going to make $100,000 a year. Right. Impossible. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, by that time, it was, you know, we were, you know, nightclub owners, restaurant owners, you know, rooming house owners, development owners. It, it was, it was like, you know, I'm not stopping. Right. And so, yeah, 2003 was that year. And, you know, ever since then, man, just been real estate, just real estate. Hard, just yeah. bit the bug and just, just all in. Oh man, love it. Love even it. in the bad days, even 2008 through 10 was horrible. But what else did I? I didn't know nothing else I wanted to do that felt the way that this business makes me feel. Mm. Yeah. What's the uh, most you made on any development or single transaction? Ooh, um, 
So on a on a wholesale deal, well, yeah, I guess I bought it. It was a deal down in East Point, uh, right where they put the Walmart at. Probably made like one twenty five in a few weeks. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of my deals have been, you know, the fix and flips. So they've been in that 60, 70, 80 range. Uh, on the development side, you know, it's still been per deal. If you're developing a subdivision, I, I really don't look at the entire subdivision. I kind of look sure. at per deal. So I think that that was probably the biggest one-time flip transaction. 125000 in a few weeks. In a couple weeks, yeah. And it, and it was a kind of a fluke because we were um, putting up a sign that says for sale or for lease right here, like literally. And um, a guy pulled up and said, hey, y'all want to sell it? So we was like, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, sell it. Yeah, we will. And he got out the car, man, and he was like, yeah, I want to buy it. Me and my dad, we want to buy it. So we was like, make an offer. And when he said the number, I was like, I was going to play hardball. And I was like, nah, not this time. He was like, I'll give you earnest money right now. Wrote a check. Gave me earnings money, so I'll see you at closing. So it's a property you guys had bought or you had contracted? I had just bought it. I had literally, literally just bought it, man. Uh, it was a small strip center and a little piece of land on the backside of the Walmart um, mm. that's on uh, Cleveland Avenue. And, I mean, he was just ready to go. And I was ready to go with him. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but that was a great, that was a great deal, man. Um, but, you know, we've had a lot of hits in between. I mean, I've been involved in... You know, well over a thousand deals, single family, <laughs> multifamily land. You know, you know. I believe every bit of it. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been. Go. We stopped counting. They, they told us we're supposed to keep counting, but you know, at a certain point, man, it's like for what? I'm not. My numbers. I'm not getting like a hall of fame. I'm not here to impress right. anybody. <laughs> I just want to provide and do better for the community. You know. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, so um, we're going to segue into a part of our episode called Trap Analysis. Okay. All right, so here we got King Ramon Tooks, uh, who has been able to uh, really, I would say, beat the college trap. He was able to leverage college for information, for, yes. for a degree. I mean, getting a law degree is a big deal, um, but had already found his passion and purpose in real estate and go right into entrepreneurship, um, even starting at, at a very young, uh, young age was able to beat the corner trap. Yeah. Um, those around him might have got caught up into the game, even family, et cetera, but through his environment, uh, through family intentional decisions, were able to uh, bypass um, the, the corner trap and um, also beat the culture trap in the essence of not being a stereotype, um, but also prioritizing his family, prioritizing those core values he learned when he was young to be an example to us yes. of, of, of what a real man and what fatherhood um, look like in real life and um, just totally just demolished the corporate trap. Like, it, the corporate trap didn't even, yeah, it, it was, it was inexistent yeah, in, in, this, in, in my, my brother's real life. All right, so um, that's kind of your trap analysis. And now I want to talk about your trap transition, right? So was there, like, a defining moment, whether it was in college or even where it was, like, uh, you deciding in that street kind of corner trap lifestyle or in a college lifestyle where you, just that day, that moment, that that, that thing that might have like a vision you have, somebody said something to you or a moment where you knew like, nah, my life is going in in this in this particular direction. So, you know, I, I look back, man, uh, again, I've only seen entrepreneurs all my life. Even my dad, like he is always on businesses in real estate, you know, and so we saw that. So it was like, I know, I'm gonna own some real estate. Mm. I know, because that's what he encouraged. Like he never said, "Go get a job." Literally, he dis he discouraged us from jobs. Like wow. you go get a job, we got a problem. <laughs> like that's disrespectful to him. Like he was like, "You can come up here and work and watch cars or whatever you got to do to come and make some real money." The legacy. Right. And so I would say, man, I think it's it's not one moment. I think it's a culmination of all the moments. Because I can remember back in. I might have been like seven, 16, 17. I made this list of businesses that I wanted to own. And I probably checked off 90% of them mm. at this point in my life. And so I knew the entrepreneurship piece was just there. You know, I didn't know if it was just going to be real estate. I knew real estate was a part of it, again, because that's what we saw. You know, my grandfather was a roofer. And so, like, we were on top of buildings at very early ages. You know mm. what I mean? But my father truly, like, like this is what y'all doing. All of us. And we some... I look at my siblings, man, everybody like super strong, sometimes too strong, but the job thing, yeah, yeah, because we were bred differently. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like everybody are entrepreneurs or salespeople. Like 
most of, well, I'm gonna say 90% of us are entrepreneurs or salespeople. Gotcha. And uh, your son's 25, you said, right? The oldest one, yeah. The oldest, oldest son, uh, oldest child. Yeah. How old were you when you had him then? 21. 21. Yeah. Um, what was that like for you going into early fatherhood? You know, it was, it's so normal to us. It's so many of us, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like, we've been, like, raising kids or being around kids. So it wasn't scary. We got a strong support system, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, because there's so many siblings, you know what I mean? I got, a, I got siblings that go from uh, 30, whatever, to my oldest sister is fit, just turned 58. You know what I mean? And so it's so many of us. And we're all here with the exception of four of us. I got a sister in um, Chicago. She moved to Chicago and I have a brother that passed. So everybody else is like right here. Wow. So it wasn't a function of like, oh my God, I'm gonna need some help. I never it's thought like, twice about it's it. It's like one more to the one more Just to the crew. Put one more in there, like <laughs> throw them in there. And that's the way, I mean, that's truly, that's the way our families work. Like, okay, you need some, okay, just drop them off. Like, you know what I mean? So it wasn't where I see now, I see why a lot of young fathers struggle um, because it's not the same support. Mm. You know, most of the time we got to figure it out and it's scary. Because even as a grown man, when somebody, you know, my kids are coming into the world, I'm like, I hope they be good kids. I hope they got all their fingers and toes. I hope they, you know, it's so many things like when they sleep, I'm watching them, I want to see their chest move. So that's mm. like normal, you know all what right. I mean, for like fathers. But other than that, man, it wasn't, it was kind of easy. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. That's sweet. All right. So now I want to put you in a trap seat. This is our hot seat. Hot seat. Right? Yeah, trap seat. <laughs> and I really actually want to start with, um, so in our trap seat, we got a, a segment called um, Trap Blown. This okay. This is where you get a chance to blow our minds, right? And uh, so I got a couple personal questions I'm going to save last. But uh, first, I want to go on the real estate side, because you are for certain a real estate expert, yes, real estate king. Uh, and I know the average person that looks to get into real estate, buying and holding, buying and flipping, just investing, um, our biggest thing is, hey, I don't got the cash or I don't got the credit. Can you give our audience some game? Let's start with the person that says, look, I, I want to get into real estate, but my credit ain't good. What's some game for that person that... that I'll tell them lies. 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 And the reason why I say that, man, is, one, it doesn't matter... We have options no matter where you are. Whether you got a ton of money or you have nothing and you're struggling financially and your credit's bad and you just don't know nothing, right? We can put you on a pathway. You just got to have the work ethic and the discipline, mm. right? And so if you got bad credit, figure out a way you can come in. You can go bird dog. You can drive for dollars. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you can... Explain to them what, what bird dogging is. So bird, dog, so bird dogging is... So I know a lot of people don't talk about it now. They really talk about wholesaling. Right. But bird dogging is, I just go get you some addresses. I just go talk to Miss Mary and say, Miss Mary, I got to buy you for you. And then you pay me $1,000 to $500 referral fee. I don't do anything else except give you the information, the address or the telephone number. That is so easy. It don't get no easier than that. And nobody right. Everyone's this whole new age of wholesaling. That's why they failing. That's why 99% of our era. <laughs> I say bird dog, like, what's that? I know exactly what you mean when you say bird dog. <laughs> Listen, most wholesalers fail. They hate when I say this. 90% of them going to fail. Because one, they don't have the discipline. One, they don't want to share. One, they don't have the relationships. And so that's big, right? Mm -hmm. You can do all the calling you want to call. Everybody calling. Everybody sending out postcards. That's why y'all not. That's why they're not getting a good return because they don't have the relationships. Mm -hmm. So when you have the relationships, which means, hey Jay, can I come drive you around for two days? Hey Ramon, I heard you was going to this city. Let me meet you there. Like, mm -hmm. but listen, bro, I ain't really got no gas money. We got you. Like, if you're willing to work and be disciplined, we can figure out a way to help you make money. And it's, it's not very difficult no matter where you are. So if your credit bad, let's do a deal and get your credit right. Gotcha. So somebody that wants to repair their credit or pay off some debt could simply have a relationship with an investor or some kind of end buyer and just go out and find them viable addresses. And if they close on that deal, you get, get a $500, a $1,000 referral fee. That's it. That's it. And that's the easy part. I mean, that's easier. But here's the thing. Listen, not only if you get into a network like ours, you can make referrals from, hey, man, I got somebody that don't have good credit. Do who repairs credit? Mm -hmm. We can refer them to somebody and make 10, 15%, right? Somebody needs a loan. We can refer them to somebody and you can make a couple of dollars, right. right? I got somebody that's a buyer. Like, right. you can bring the buyer and we'll find the deal. So it's really no excuse. You just got to be disciplined enough and be willing to humble yourself to say, I don't have this. Because there's a lot of things I don't have, but when I know I don't have them, 
Hey, Jay, listen, I need a million dollars. Yeah. Jay gonna go find a million dollars. And it's, it's, that's where we fall short a lot of times, man. We want to wait till it's perfect or we want to wait till we are based upon, we want that social media life. See, social media is really messing people up. Right? Every, you're not going to start, everybody don't start there. Right. You got to work right. hard. You know what I mean? So no, if your credit bad, let's get it fixed. Let's, let's work hard, get it fixed. Make a couple dollars and get it fixed. Yeah, you make a great point. And Queen Jada, grab my, my 12-step book for King Ramon. I want to show it to him. Um, but in my, I got a new video textbook coming out. I saw um, that. Pretty, pretty unique. But in it, I teach a philosophy I've been teaching for years, which is what you just said, is being a go-to person in your sphere of influence. Yep. You can always create money that way. If you just know more about credit, more about real estate, just a general, your general community, your general family, right? You ain't got to be an expert like you or I, but just knowing a little bit more about it than everybody else and knowing where the, the resources yes. are, you can make money just in pointing and giving people direction and just saying, I mean, hey, that's what Amazon is. It's just a big pointing machine. Big middleman. It's the biggest pointing machine. A big Listen, man. Trap bars. It just point. It just say, you need what? Oh, man, I got it. I got you. And then just go get it from where they can go get it from. Fanny, let's slow this down for y'all. So I want y'all to understand this is actually like a valuable gem that you can make money out of thin air. Not investing in uh, text messaging mm -hmm. software, not investing into, like, anything right now except for having general information and, and being credible enough to be able to have some relationships. Now, if you're, like, a, a total scumbag, you're going to have to rebrand re yourself and do some new things, and, right? So you got to be, like, a decent person, be able to communicate with other people, right? Now, if you're coming in, you got a dirty white tee on and, 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 and your pants is below your knees, it's going to be hard to build certain relationships, yeah, yeah. right? So there's a way you need to be able to present yourself to be able to, to do this. But if you just position yourself to be able to have those relationships, you can literally make money because people that got resources and got products and got services, they want new customers. Correct. And they usually are willing to pay a referral fee and fair exchange no robbery for those customers, whether Correct. it's credit repair, whether it's house flipping, whether it's coaching, whether it's a title agent, whether it's <laughs> branding, marketing, business call, whatever it might be, you can literally make money being a pointer. That's it. Your own little mini Amazon just by knowing where the resources are and getting a fee in exchange for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just game. You gotta be real. Here's the thing, man. You gotta be willing to work. And I know I keep saying it, man, let's not work hard. We're gonna work smart. And I'm like, why can't we just do both? Right? As <laughs> a people, or. as a people, too. we too far behind to pick. Like we four, five, what they say, 555 years behind now. Yeah. Like the pandemic, we got further behind as a people. Mm. And so we gotta work hard and smart so that we, I ain't gonna say catch up, but so that we close that gap some and we're not continuing to go backwards. Mm. Uh, and that comes with working hard. That comes with 12 hours. I mean, I remember when I first met you, you was like, man, I got a call at 5 in the morning. And then we was like, okay, well, everybody going to talk at 11 at night. I'm like, it's, it's, we all the same. Right. The, the timing of how we work, man, you just got to go all in. And when you get some money, you can't go to that four-hour workday. You keep grinding. You keep grinding. It's simple. Like, you know, and that's the only thing I tell people. Work hard, be disciplined enough, and work hard. Mm. And you'll get there. Yep, outwork the work. Yeah, outwork the work. And, and guess what? You're going to have setbacks. You're going, things are not going, I'm not going to say you fail, but things are not going to go as we planned, right? Two, who planned 2008, 2009? I didn't. Mm -hmm. I lost everything. But got to outwork the work. Right. Listen, <laughs> my circumstance has hit me. I now must outwork it. Let's go. That's it. So, all right. So, so what's the gym for somebody that's looking to uh, flip a property? Like, if you're looking to go out and flip a house, right? Obviously, we know mentorship is certainly important. I think probably the biggest gym of them all. But what's, like, a specific tactical, like, skill that somebody would look for in flipping a property or finding a good property to flip? Like, <laughs> like what's one of those no, gems that you use? You know, this, be patient. Be very patient. Like, you know, because this market is, like, again, nothing we've ever seen. We've never had investors fighting homeowners, fighting hedge funds, fighting foreign investors, fighting, you know what I mean? Like we've never ever seen all of us at one time. So if you if you are flipping, one, just you gotta make sure your numbers are tight. Mm. Don't say, oh yeah, man, six months this house is gonna be worth, don't do that. Use historical <laughs> data. Like I'm cool with in your mind you thinking that, 
but I want to buy it based upon what stuff has sold for in the past six months. Period. If it ain't then, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. I can tell you what happened yesterday, right? And if I if something goes wrong tomorrow, there's a market crash, well, so what? Like, we can't control that. Right. But I can't control overpaying for something because somebody says we're going to bid on it. I don't even bid, right? Like, I'm not bidding against you. Like, that, we don't win. Right. So I think, you know, really knowing your numbers. Bid have, to be the biggest loser. That's what it is. You're going to bid 20000 over, and then you got to go borrow hard money, right? And now you at $0.85 cents on a dollar, and you got to keep it six months, and you're going to have some overruns, and you got to pay the agent 6%. So where do you make your money at? You got to stick with the formula. We're not going over $0.70 cents on a dollar unless you tell me something real special. Mm. Not happening. All in, $0.70. Patience and discipline. Patience and discipline. And then you don't always have to have the whole pie. So... I always say this, the partnerships, group economics, you talk about it, you teach it, you showed us, right? Group economics, if you got a deal and I got some money or you got the time and I got the money and he got the deal, then guess what? Let's come together. Right. Because you may not ever find a deal. That's the truth. Like right now, there's a lot of people sitting on the sideline with millions. There's millions. There's millions of lenders saying, oh my God, we got to lend this money out. That's a fact. You know what's happening? We can't compete. The hedge funds got their own money. And until we work together a little bit better, they're going to keep getting the deals because most people don't think long-term. They think, I'm going to make the most money with the hedge funds, and they don't think in 20 years, 10 years, we're not going to, it's going to be a, a rental whole society. That's where it's going mm. because we're not participating enough together to say, I want a homeowner in this house. I want my neighborhood to be 70, 30 homeowners, 30% tenants, landlords. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think people got to be patient, patient, and they also got to learn how to work together. That's a fact. Yeah. I, I agree. I think if not, all. all the pre-approval letters in the world ain't going to help. <laughs> <laughs> all the cash in the world, you're not getting a deal. You're just not. And it ain't crashing no time soon. I don't think. I know. I'm like, it got to, but it's just mm -hmm. like it's rolling right now. So it's a different animal, Jay. It's a, when it crashed, the people that are now buying the real estate were the people supporting the mortgages. So they don't care, like right now, right? When the stuff gets to be at a lower price, they've raised all that money that they got to spend. So they're going to buy. We cannot compete with them. There is no competition with them. Mm. Think about one group, about 35,000 single-family residences in 2020. This is just one of them. 35,000. Rental properties. Rentals. <laughs> That's a whole different animal, man. Whole so, different. so I don't think what we saw... In 2008, 2009, I just don't foresee it happening. If we're going to get a slowdown as they raise the interest rates up. Mm. But think about how many people are saying right now, I can't even find somewhere to stay. I got a loan. I'm pre-approved. Like, I'm a homeowner and I can't find. How many thousands of people are in that situation? So even when it slows down, they still got to have somewhere to go. Mm. Mm. All right, Ramon, <laughs> trap, trap gems right here. So, King, tell me this in Trap Blowing. All right, let's listen to the personal side real quick. Let's go. All right. So, um, give us a mind-blowing story or scenario from out your life, from out your career, of something you're just like, yo, I was amazed to have done this. I can't even believe I've done this or met this person or accomplished this. What is something that, that you've done or experienced that just was just mind-blowing <laughs> to you? So, let me say this, and then I'm going to give you one, right? I've, I've really, I've yet to have that, and I'm going to say... Um, Again, because of how we grew up, mm -hmm. we really expected greatness, and we saw money all the time. So when people talk about money, cars, we saw it. So like when I, you know, it was kind of like, okay, it's car, money, jewelry, right? Um, the norm. It's the norm. Like I, we really expected that, you know. Um, and so it's not anything. I don't think financial. Uh, if I had to really think about it, and that's a good question. Um, it can be non-financial as well. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know, of course, I'm gonna take my kids out because they always have. They amaze me, right? Right. Um, I think, <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's, again, it's things. It's when we see people grow because of us. Mm. Uh, I'm always, like, amazed. It kind of brings tears to my eyes sometimes when I see, man, I remember when they started over there, and maybe we went through some ups and downs, but they hung in there, and now they're off to the races. Or now they started as a bird dog or a wholesaler, and now right, I see them doing like, development. It, it make you feel good. I mean, not like you don't, again, you know, I don't really do videos, testimonials, right? But it makes you feel good. And I think 
when I see that over and over and over, and when we're in different cities and we have an influence or somebody call and say, man, because of you and what you said, I didn't quit. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's probably the biggest, because it's not a deal, man. We we just getting started with these deals. So right. I, I'm not, I'm not. You ain't impressed yourself yet. No, I ain't impressed myself yet. We, ain't, we don't have a tower up yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have something that's, you know. Tooks Towers, yeah. Yeah, we don't have it. Yeah. We, don't have, we don't have 50 stories. So when we hit one of those numbers, then I, maybe I'll be impressed. I ain't impressed yet. I got some work to do. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. So let's go to um, Entrap Blown. Has there been an, a time that uh, something that you regret, might have been embarrassed by, or shameful that you like, yo, if I could take that one back, I'd take that one back, man. I was <laughs> tripping. You know, when I'm, I'm real hard on myself um, when deals don't go right. You know what I mean? You know, relationships don't go, and it can be personal relationships or business relationships don't go the way I wanted them to go. I, I will go into a very dark space. Mm. And so that's something that I've been working on over the years. Uh, Is there one in particular that stands out, even if you don't want to mention name? <laughs> no, nah, it's not really one in particular. It's just, I mean, anytime something don't go right, man, and when a deal don't go right, or, or if we got something together and it don't go right, you know what I mean? Because I've been, like, I'm divorced, so I've been through a divorce. That was not pretty, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But that is just is not as pretty as when me and a business relationship don't turn out the way I want it to turn out mm -hmm. because, because of who I am and how hard I am on myself, I want it to turn out right. So right. if I could change things, man, you know, things that go, go wrong, I always want to just say, you know what, I just, I just let me take that, right, and then everybody else be okay, and then I can always, because I can come out of it. I've mm -hmm. always felt that way, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's, again, not one anything particular, it's just when things don't go right, it sends me into a different realm. And I'm getting better at it because you gotta, when things don't go right, you gotta bounce right back. Right. Uh, and I think sometimes I dwell on it a little bit too long. Like, what did I do wrong? Um, you know. You can't take it all on you either because it ain't always all on you. It ain't, it ain't. <laughs> and most of the time, feel like that. <laughs> most of the time it's not, but but I, I am responsible because I feel like I'm the leader and I'm most of the time in control. And so anything that goes wrong, yeah, let's, let's fix it. And it may take, six months instead of six hours, mm. you know what I mean? But let's fix it. And then just, I can tell you one of my biggest faults is, man, um, and this come from the way we were raised, I can walk away and not think about it. Like mm. I can, you know, like they say, you just cold as you can be. Yeah. And it's, it's, I've thought about like relationships that I've had. And I just like, you know, I want to pick up the phone and just be like, and then I'm like, nah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the, the ego thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, as you get older, you start reflecting on things of the past, and so you want to always make things as right as possible, man. And so I think that's probably my biggest regrets is having that attitude or that feel, and then just the way I act when things don't go right. Mm, I love that, accountability. Yep. All right, and so we're going to talk about now and transition to our trap cheat sheet. This is basically, um, I love for you to give some advice or game to particularly a young real estate investor out there. It could be young or old, but new, young in the business, um, who might be struggling, who, who's trying to get it started, right? Not hitting all the things. Um, even looking at your younger self, mistakes you might have made early in the game, you probably had a better start than most. Yeah. But what's some advice that you would give um, and or a young father out there? Right, um, whatever's on your spirit. What's some advice that you would give a younger you or someone that's coming through again, fatherhood and the cultural trap or this real estate game? Um, some things they, that, that they can do, or you would tell them as a cheat sheet you know to what? get it going. I, I'll hit both of those. So, young real estate investor, um, build your relationships. The money part gonna come, right? It's it's just a, it's just a part of it, man. It's a part of. Listen, you're gonna have ups and downs. We're gonna win and lose some, but if we're here together and you know we're here together. If we lose, we're going to go back and get it. Mm. You know, and for those people that are in the streets, you understand if we lost and we together, we we, we, we got to go back there and get it, right? <laughs> right. So that, that is part of, man, what I say, man, just focus on your relationships and your mm. knowledge. And then be be humble when you're serving. Like, it's okay to, if I don't care if you're older, younger, if you got an event, man, you need me to come sweep, people tell you, I'm coming to sweep. Mm. Because if that means you're going to go to another level, it doesn't stop my level. Because right. what God got for me is for me but it does help you go to a level and relieve the stress. So, you know, work on the relationships. Mm. Y'all stop focusing on the money because the money is going to come and it could go just like that. You can lose it all tomorrow. But if you got the right relationships, guess what? I can get back more. You got to bounce time. back, trap yep. bar. Yep. And as far as fathers, be fathers. Treat 
your children, like you, like they are, that's it. <laughs> like your life depended on it, mm. no matter what, man. And get around more men. I know you have, what is it, every Saturday? Yeah, every other Saturday. Every other Saturday, yeah, every man, Thursday, Saturday. You, you, you sit and you mentor young men. Get involved. Get involved. Ain't none of us perfect, man. We pray every Sunday night. We have an organization called Monday Morning Men. We pray every Sunday night so that we go into the week as stronger men because, you know, a lot of times we want to hold it in and we have having heart attacks and committing suicide because we feel like we don't have nobody to talk to. Mm. Talk, cry, let it out. Mm. But go be men and make sure if you're a father, like, take that, like, with the most pride. Take it like somebody paying you a million dollars a day. Mm. You know, even though we ain't getting paid. You know right. what I mean? That's the, I mean, that's the way I feel. Like, when I see them smile, when I, you know, just hear their voices, when I see pictures or whatever it may be, I understand, man, like, there's no happier feeling in the world. So as a father, just go do it. Go do it. Go, go do father it. up. Go father <laughs> up. All right, so King, where can our audience um, tap into your mentorship, your trainings? Where can they follow you? Where can they get more of all things Ramon Tooks? I'm Ramon Tooks on all social medias, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, I, I, I haven't uh, TikTok yet, but <laughs> <laughs> that might be added too much on my plate. Sure. But I'm Ramon Tooks, man. I'm easy to find. Same cell phone number, 20 plus years. Um, you know, we're doing some things that'll be coming out, man. You'll see it. But if you follow me on social media, I engage on Instagram a little bit more on a daily basis. So just shoot me a DM, reach out to me. Man, if I can answer any questions or help, uh, that's what I'm here for. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And family, we're going to make sure that we collab. Ramon and I, again, have been friends going on, man, almost 10 years now in, in a little bit. Yeah. Um, we've been building together, and not just friends, but brotherhood, right? And in some of my hardest times, my brother's always reached out to me. So my greatest times, he reached out to me. And he mean that. He will to sweep or, 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 or come speak or whatever it is. So um, a true man's man, true leader, and all that. But we're going to um, put a collaboration together, guys, for... Ramon and his mentorship and see where we can come together and give you guys some bonuses and some and some benefits to tap in to our trainings and learn more from him and all his genius on the science of, of real estate. Um, so guys, make sure you stay tuned. Follow my brother. Uh, I thank you for coming to the trap, man, thank and drop these gems and give me some energy. Always a recharge. <laughs> I talk to my brother. Family, Ramon Tooks just came in as one of the, the biggest man's man, men, men, <laughs> to come to the trap and show us what a real man looks like in real life, what he talks like, the self-accountability, um, the leadership, and we need more of that in the community, especially if we're going to beat the trap. So guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share this podcast, give it to some gain to somebody you know needs to hear these words of wisdom, right, coming from the king, Ramon Tooks, right here out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and we'll see you next time on the next episode of How to Beat the trap in real life. Hey, Peace Family, it's Jay Morrison, co-founder of the Legacy Center here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I want to invite you all to be a virtual member of our building, our Class A office space, also known as the Black House. From anywhere in the world, you can house your business here in Atlanta, Georgia, and have your virtual address be our address. Get your own suite number. You also can get our virtual notary services, our virtual receptionist services, have a telephone line for your team, and get access to our meeting rooms, conference rooms, and get one day per month to actually visit our building and house your business here in real life. Family, this opportunity is just $40 per month or $300 for the year. Super discount for you to be able to have a class A office space house your business address two miles from Tyler Perry studio five minutes from the world's busiest airport right here in amazing Atlanta Georgia at LegacyCenter.com